Bozza, I'm not impressed. I did warn you that this could happen when you agreed to take on the new staff. The Sidewinder isn't exactly the galaxy's biggest ship, you know. This is ridiculous. I've flown Imperial fighters with more room in them than this. <laughs> Can anybody hear Grant? I think he's under John. What are you saying, Grant? Oh, oh. <gasps> I said you're sitting on my face. <sighs> I can also tell that you've been back to that Vernix kebab vendor on Sea Deck. That stuff's going to do your insides no favours, Flyboy. Oh, great. I'm going to be stuck in here for the next hour with Kebab Boy. How did I get myself into this? I think that's going to be part of the show, isn't it, John? Something to do with a wild night on the evil juice and a group of Zayontian hookers? Uh, what now? Hey, that's my line. Oh, Fuzzer, Fuzzer, do the, do the thing. Commanders, it's been over two years since we first started broadcasting live radio from Second Tech Stolen Asbo Sidewinder. In that time, we've clocked up over 125 hours of content, 80 hours of the main live radio show, over 12 hours of author interviews, and acquired nearly 100 five-star reviews on iTunes. We've done retro laves, conclaves, emergency broadcasts, outside broadcasts, adverts, and incidents. Poor Second Tech has been crushed, smashed, shot, squished, eaten, torched, poisoned, sucked into a black hole, and out of an airlock all without getting the promotion he so definitely does not deserve. We've ran two successful community LaveCon events, and our own Christopher Jarvis has created the critically acclaimed audio serial Escape Velocity. With the recent expansion to the Lave Radio crew, the Sidewinder studio couldn't be more cramped. However, we've put our virtual comfort aside in order to take the broadcast to its now regular weekly slot as listeners have been requesting. And if that was not enough, we've also answered the call of many listeners and created our own 24-7 live stream. Elite Dangerous is now out there, and our ever-growing community is finding new and exciting ways to interact with the universe Frontier has created. Through podcasts and the upcoming LaveCon 2015 event in Northampton, we plan to continue shining the spotlight on this amazing group of adventurers well into the year 3300. For our 50th episode, we would like to take some time to look back on the past two years and remember some of the standout moments. So without further ado, crammed into the Orange Sidewinder with me tonight, we have Lave Station's commander, Alan Stroud. Hi, Foz. <laughs> as cheerful as ever. We have our Chief of Operations, Mr. John Stabler. Good evening. Good evening, John. We have Head of Station Entertainments, Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Hello. We have Head of Station Security, Lisa Vu. Hello, everyone. Gentlemen. Evening, Lisa. We have our Chief Bar Steward, Mr. Grant Psycho Cow Wilcott. Good evening. 
Good evening, sir. Head of Health and Safety, Mr. Ben Mosswoodwood. How do you do, Lee Chris? Head of Station Archives, Mr. Colin Ford. Good evening, Commanders. And finally, the station's own hotshot test pilot, Mr. John Virgo, a.k.a. Crash. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, John. <laughs> Christ, there really are a lot of us these days. Okay, so for this show, we are going to pick out some highlights from the past two years. Whilst we reminisce about that, we have a few messages from some of our friends, starting with this one. Hello, it's David Braben here from the Games Developer Conference in San Francisco. Uh, We've just announced Elite Dangerous coming to Xbox One this year. So, all very exciting. So, happy birthday to Lave Radio for 50 episodes. Ah, I suppose you couldn't really go anywhere without actually having a message from the big guy himself, could we? Right, as I say, guys, what we're going to do for this show, we've all gone back through the last two years of shows and various community events and all the information that we've looked over for the last two years worth of shows and we've picked out some of our highlights from the various sources. So we're going to start off and our favourite peak of the week from the newsletters. Chris, this was one of your picks. What have you got for us? Yeah, so looking back over the history of the last two years, I think the peaks of the weeks have been great. But I think there was not nearly as much excitement about any of them as there was about the first time we saw the Eden Cockpit view. Okay, and now the game, as it's you know been released, doesn't actually look anymore very much like that mock-up screenshot they did. But that was the first time anybody saw like a vague idea of what the game would look like to the player. Yeah, I mean, you know, up until that point, it was a completely blank area. We'd seen some videos on Kickstarter of of, of ships flying around and, you know, sort of a HUD-less display camera. But this was the first time we saw a cockpit concept. It was the first time we saw sort of targeting reticules and ships in space and a sense of the perspective. Funny enough, there are some things in that screenshot that have either been dropped or still haven't made the light of day. (laughs) Like, there was a picture of a guy floating like in vacuum with a survival mask on or something yeah um, that that obviously hasn't happened yet but you know who knows the walking around stuff is still to come but yeah i don't think any of the peaks of the week can be as big as that moment where we first saw what the game might look like yeah i absolutely agree looking back on it though i do recall did we not say on the show that we thought that screenshot and that cockpit and the hud and everything else might look a bit busy did we not say that i'm sure we said that uh, to be, I'll put my hands up and I'll definitely say that I, I said something like that. I was genuinely concerned about so much of the kind of screen real estate being taken up by a cockpit. I, but I was proved wrong and I'm glad to admit that. <laughs> and if you see the bobbleheads, I'm sure the bobbleheads weren't actually in that screenshot yet, obviously materialised during testing. Oh, I can't remember. It's so long ago. <laughs> but I just remember at the time that I was like, you know, maybe it's because I had such fond memories of Frontier and that kind of minimal kind of dashboard at the bottom. And, and it was just trying to get my head around the idea of a fully 3D rendered cockpit because Star Citizen, I think at the time, had already said it was doing it. And I think that maybe from what I'd seen of that, it, it put me off or something. But um, it's good to be proved wrong. I was going to say, have you been proved wrong? Are you happy with the current cockpit? Is there anything you'd change about it? No, I mean... No, you're I've, not happy? No, no, I mean, as in, no, there's nothing I'd change about it. I mean, it's it, it completely blew me away, you know, when I first saw it. When I first started playing Alpha, I was like, this is just, you know, amazing. I just couldn't believe how wrong I'd been. 
So I was really happy. But, uh, you know, I could go on for hours about the various things where I thought, oh, that doesn't sound too good. And then Frontier have just completely won me over with their approach to it. Not only that, but wasn't it around then that we were doing a whole load of retro laves? And I remember from all the retro laves, they all had, uh, it was basically space and then your HUD, and that was all you had, apart from the Wing Commander stuff. And frankly, I, I was never a fan of the Wing Commander HUDs and being in the cockpit, because it did take up, you know, we were on 640 by 480 screen. <laughs> and, you know, 300 odd of those 640 pixels were taking up with a bloody HUD. You know, it was all nice seeing your hand move around, but you couldn't see what you're actually meant to be shooting at. Yeah, but you've got to admit that's quite a clever dodge. You know, that's a much better way of having to render less screen estate and get things down into a minimum spec. But for me, it was the moving hand thing. That uh, that was my immersion right there. You know, the fact that in Wing Commander, your hand moved along with your joystick, that had me sold. Has anybody else got a peak of the week just out of interest? Yeah, so for me, it's a very recent peak of the week that I, I think is number one, and that is the cockpit of the Imperial Courier, which is it not the newsletter before last because I've really been looking forward to that ship. And I was concerned at one point that maybe it wouldn't make it into the game, but I'm glad that it has. And I'm glad, you know, it looks as sexy as I imagined it always would be. What is it about the actual courier that you you loved? I'm assuming it was your ship of choice from Frontier. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like the courier and the trader, but I don't know. It's just because they looked so radically different from all the other ships, which were very kind of blocky or utilitarian. But it's almost as if they spent more time on creating those ships i mean they had spinny bits on them for instance yeah which really set them apart from the other ships so it wasn't just the spinny thing i just like the look and the design of them <laughs> and they and they kind of transferred that into the clipper that's in the game now so and i just like the look of the the cockpit of the courier it looks like there's just so much glass there's going to be so much visibility yeah i think it's going to be an interesting ship to fly if you're into actually you know looking around your cockpit so for my peak of the week retroactively I guess mine's relatively recent as well I think the peak of the week that they gave us to do with wings I think was a significant turning point for the released game I know that a lot of people are looking forward to it it's quite a big change it's quite a big addition it gives people a lot of scope to start sort of planning out different ways of playing the game so for me that's that's my choice Okay, so I mean, there's been some great peak of the weeks, but those have certainly been some of our highlights. After this quick message, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about our top community event moment. Just before I play this quick message, this is a little special treat for you, Fuzzle. It was a dark and stormy night in space. Scratch that. How can you have storms in space? There's no atmosphere, precipitation, or strange men dancing on pavements. The Force, dude. Dark side. Word. Been tracking Dirk, Katie, Starbuck through six systems Caprica, Tatooine, Hoth, Zeonse, Listi, and now Deso. The slippery man girl was running hot in a colonial two man triple engine. But no fancy wing-waggle is going to lose me. I don't back out when the force is involved. I bet my midichlorian money juice this sucker stole my mojo. And being Darth Baby and all red-skin horny, I don't dig charity. Do you get me? 
The Cobra engine whined as we accelerated on the J. I've pulled a lot of hard G's, but the Cobra sure beats Vader's eyeball jockey. My stomach staples were still itching from Obi-Wan's paper cut, but ain't no flesh wound gonna slow me. Darth, baby. Eyes locked on, looking at the target. Ain't no pyramid playing junkie gonna one-up them all. Been tipped off by the beastie from Leastie with the Colonians packing, but he ain't seen no showpony dance the two-stick saber. Got my artificial grav on full to keep right side, dark side, and we're chasing it out. Little laser to fry the Colonials' wings. I like my chicken hot. She's, no, he's looping in the chunder lane and then goes all Skywalker on my six. I pull stick hard, sweat addling my mind. Like some crotch grip rap star and bank on the seven. But Benedict, no, Starbucks got the wet on and he stays on the Darth's tail. So I bitch out the missile and force up. It flips and lights on the Buckmeister. Bank, roll, while he, she, well, deals and then. <laughs> well, I have to say that's some of the best writing I've heard in uh, in, a, in a long time, and you are all a complete bunch of bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we should probably just explain to the listeners that weren't there at the beginning. We got the show off to quite a rocky start. Certainly, as a host, I got the show off to quite a rocky start. My sense of humour seemed to be a little bit sort of uh, polarizing at the very beginning i thought it would be quite funny to take the piss out of our welsh host that joins us on the show every week and it turns out there's actually quite a lot of welsh people and there's quite a few of them decided that they were going to listen to our show and more than a few people seem to take umbrage about the fact that i was doing some rather bad welsh stereotype racial slurs as part of our intro so they told me not to do it so of course the following week i did it even more and we got more letters. So as my punishment, Alan decided that he would do some of the best mashup fan fiction writing ever seen this side of Leastie and post it on the website and put my name on it. Completely unbeknownst to me as I wasn't really checking the website very often at this point. And then completely sort of blindsided me on the show uh, when they brought it to my attention that everybody had been reading this d- delightful, wonderful fantastic brilliant works of fiction that had been posted with uh, my name on it and yeah i basically looked like an absolute tool on air and i think it's still to this day everybody apart from my favorite blooper of all time for the lay radio show so thank you very much for that guys and i'm assuming i recognize the voice as ian m norman who's managed to put that wonderful piece of writing into audio form is it it was indeed, yes. Alan had uh, got in touch with him, trying to track him down to see if he would be kind <laughs> enough. And he jumped at the chance, and I have to say, he gives it a, a real sense of, of grandeur, doesn't he? He does. He, he brings the whole piece to life, almost as if you know, he was actually reading from my mind. <laughs> uh, I just I just love that whole bitched out a missile. <laughs> uh, I'm just glad you finally admitted that you're the Jeremy Clarkson of Lee Radio. <laughs> Careful, John, he's gonna uh, punch you in the face. I done that bombshell. <laughs> oh god. Uh, right, okay. Well now that I'm completely embarrassed and as red as a beetroot, how about we move this show on and talk about our top community moment? And whilst I go and get another drink, I shall pass this over to Alan. Well, we've perhaps alluded a little bit to the different things that have happened on live radio. Obviously, we've had the lovely reading from Ian 
who brings the duff. And one of the ones that was very memorable to us was the first LaveCon. When we got to late night, after we'd managed to, to deal with all the itinerary and the, the stuff that we planned, not actually anticipating to be 40 to 50 to 60 turn up, because Foz, myself, John, and Chris had decided to meet up in a hotel and actually meet the people we'd be doing a show with. And so we'd done the day's itinerary, and we went on to the bar, and we got drinking. And when you chat with nice people who share something in common with you and you meet them for the first time, there's a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of interest, and it got later and later, and some people disappeared, and some people went off. And there were lovely, comfy sofas in this hotel, and Graham Reed's fell asleep. Now, you see, it's not a good idea to fall asleep at a social when everyone's having a bit of fun and just fall asleep on the chairs. When I'm about, I have a tendency to play buckaroo. And all of the chairs had lovely cushions. There were about 40 of these cushions. I was very, very asleep. So in the end, the bar staff were quite happy for us to do this, and we piled quite a lot of cushions on top of Graham. And then took lots of photographs of him. And then the bar staff offered us permanent marker so that we could start drawing things on his face. But we declined that. We're not bad people. And then about 10 minutes later, we woke up and um, everything was fine. But the moral of the story is at any time at LaveCon and any time that you go to any of the events, don't fall asleep when everyone's still awake having a party. <laughs> I'm glad you explained the game of Buckaroo to everybody there, because it did sound a little bit sinister when you said, you know, you shouldn't go to sleep whilst I am around. That did sound ever so slightly dodgy to you. So... I was scared for a minute there, I really was, because I'm going to play Buckaroo. Now that just... Yeah. Ride them, cowboy. Oh, dear. I think it says great things about the elite community that everyone's so friendly and trustworthy <laughs> that you feel that you can fall asleep amongst a bunch of people. So I'm sure he had a really comfy sleep. There were lots of cushions. You know, <laughs> I, I bet it. I bet it was the best sleep ever. And oh, I just want to remind people that the video of that is actually on the Lave Radio YouTube webpage. Yeah, and we've got photos on the Facebook area as well, haven't we? Um, yep. Very early photographs, but they are on there. And he came back for more as well. Yeah, he did. You know, I don't think he fell asleep again, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, and a slightly more recent event. This one was one of yours, wasn't it, Ben? Which one are you thinking of? Oh, I'm just thinking it's very much along the same lines, but on the Friday night before the premiere, we hung out in the Red Lion Inn, I think it was, in Duxford. And it was just such a nice blast meeting all new faces, even meeting people like Liquor and Snuffler for the first time. Ed showed up, and it was just a really nice, chilled evening. Although the following day, we went around the Air Museum, and it was awesome seeing inside of Concorde and things like that, and seeing one of my favourite aeroplanes of all time, the Lancaster. But then we were walking out of the hangar, and to get out, we were upstairs, and we sort of walked out, and then we looked over to see what they were hiding from us, and we saw this great big cobra, and then we saw Ed running up the stairs saying, please don't take any pictures and turn them on Twitter and Twitter and things like that. Just keep it secret. We don't want anyone to know about this. And it was brilliant. And I loved it. And Ed was so panicking that we were going to tell people about it. 
One of the, the standout moments for me, I was obviously linked to that, and that's the, the Premier event. And one of the standout moments of the Premier event for me was the Community Awards that was presented by Kate Russell to David Braben on stage. It was the plaque and also the, the checks to the two charities that Frontier support, Special Effects and Games Aid. And just seeing the look of genuine sort of, I don't know, humbleness on David Braben's face as he saw you know, how much had been raised by the community and also the plaque that community had generated thanking him thanking frontier developments for bringing this game back to us after you know 20 years in the wilderness it was the wonderful wording on the plaque that was just absolutely perfectly worded thank you for making the universe our playground yeah absolutely and it was it was just lovely it was just lovely for the community to give something back i think it's difficult in that it is quite tricky to go back over all these things and think about all the great times that we've had because they have been great times. And it's kind of when you recall them and you go back through them to sort of relate them to people that weren't there is very difficult to give the idea and the impression of just how great a time it's been. But it has mm. been just a blast. You know, it's just been a blast all the way through. And certainly from the point of view of doing the podcast, it feels like fun and while it feels like fun, it's not like effort. And when you look back over two years, you go, did we just start this shit? <laughs> you know, that's kind of the point. And, you know, without without sort of, you know, getting too too sort of schmaltzy about it, you know, that's that's kind of the thing. It's, it's the whole thing is just a pleasure and it's been a pleasure to work through. Yeah, there's grumbles, there's ups and downs, there's things that don't work, there's things that aren't there on time, there's the stuff that's going on but while it's a pleasure it's a pleasure and while it's a pleasure you're prepared to put the effort in and you know and you notice when other people put the effort in too you know when they do stuff you kind of go yeah you know that's great so cool Salzen here. Congratulations on your upcoming 50th episode. Well done on nearly two years, or is it over two years? I'm not sure, of uh, broadcasting your radio show. Um, always enjoyable, always a good laugh, and great to hear you all. Long may it continue. Well done, and farewell from everybody at DaftWorks Towers. Great stuff, and obviously that message was from Dave Hughes, otherwise known as Sellerson, the guy who has created the Elite Encounters role-playing game, which we have great fun playing on the show. Uh, for those of you that haven't managed to pick up the the RPG episodes, 
uh yeah probably not safe to listen to those when your kids are in the room but otherwise very entertaining shows uh what we're going to do now is we're going to move on uh and go through quickly our top interviews over the last two years starting with uh, mr jarvis who's been your favorite interview well for me it was uh when we went down to bafta uh for the big the, the sort of frontier presence at bafta uh, again shortly after the release of alpha 3 was it it was certainly the first time docking in space stations had appeared and elite had a you know a huge presence about after and we got to interview david braben and that was the first time that any of us i think really had had a chance to speak to him you know in the context of live radio it was the first interview we managed to get for the show and yeah it was just great it was just great to stand there for for 10 minutes and you know pick the brains of the guy who wrote all the previous elite games that that we love uh, and was working on you know was working on the new one and actually the thing that's you know significant about that is that it was still actually very early days for sort of post Kickstarter community, and certainly early days for Live Radio, and there was lots of information about the game that was still unknown. So we actually, you know, in speaking to David Braben, we got a real sense of the direction they wanted to take the game in. I mean, you know, we asked him about whether there'd be a sequel to Elite Dangerous. And, you know, he said, well, you know, the sequel to Elite Dangerous is Elite Dangerous and that they plan to just keep on developing the game and adding things to it and changing it. And so it's things like that that were the first time we really got an insight into the direction that this game will take over the next two, five, you know, maybe even ten years. Completely. Uh, I remember that interview exceptionally well. It's, it's very seldom that you actually manage to meet one of your childhood heroes. And when you do meet your childhood hero, you're always a little bit nervous about the fact that they might turn out to be a complete and utter arse. Fortunately, David Braben was an absolute utter gent. But I don't know about you, Chris. I was ridiculously nervous doing that interview. Were you? Yeah, it was, it was a big thing. And it was kind of it was different to other interviews because you normally sort of arrange a time with someone and, or, you know, grab them and pull them aside or we're doing stuff over Skype and we've been trying to kind of get to see David all day. And then he had to go somewhere. And so it was a bit like, you know, it was all because his time is, is under such demand. Uh, it was a real kind of treat to, to get a moment with him. And then I think if I remember rightly, we had five, 10 minutes with him and we were cut short and then they didn't, they bring him back later for us to do a Yeah, segment. they did. Yeah, Yeah, because I was only there for the second interviews. It was such a a great thing because I'd obviously been three or four hours late and just in time to finally get a tiny little bit of the time that you had for the interview, which was great. No, it was exceptionally good. And I think that was the first time we got an inkling of what David Braben was like on interviews and the fact that he always seems to give something away that the development team back at uh, head office aren't overly happy with. I can't remember exactly what it was at BAFTA that he let slip. I think that might have been the, was that the player created bases where you, you melt the asteroids and create your own base? Or was that another interview? Yeah, I think he actually gave that snippet away during the talk he did before the interview. He did a, a short talk, which I think we were all privy to we got front row seats and i think he kind of revealed it in that fortunately uh david braben uh yeah surpassed all of our expectations what a what a lovely guy fortunately it was just the first of uh, many interviews that we've managed to grab with david and hopefully many more in the future as well so grant what's been your favorite interview of the last two years i absolutely loved the all the interviews we did at the premier event uh, it was just such a, a wonderful way to catch everybody at the absolute peak of the high of the event, to catch the people that we'd 
listened to the show over the year who came up for a chat, people that had never heard of Lave Radio coming up for chat and getting the same wonderful feedback from the general players and backers of the game. And then when we start interviewing devs and chatting to the developers and the various different people involved in the project, you get the same positivity. And it was just such a wonderful way to, to cap the year off with us. Uh, I almost said orgasmic high, but frankly, it blooming was. It was just, you were talking with a smile eight foot wide. It was amazing. And then when we put it all together into that show, it's one of my favourite episodes. If I ever feel down, I'll fire that particularly radio episode up and, and smile my way through it again. Yeah, and I don't blame you at all. You and I spent a lot of time on the show floor that night trying to grab as many people as we possibly could. And obviously the the people that went there, all the fans that went there, they're on a math high. But we obviously got the devs over as well. And it was great to see the you know the enthusiasm from the fans was just mirrored on the faces of the devs. You know, when they came over and talked to us, they were just as positive, they were just as pumped up as anybody else that was there as a fan. It was it was fantastic to do. And interestingly, my favorite interview apart from David Braben has been uh, Jim Croft that we did on the same night and Jim Croft is head of audio at Frontier Developments and he's not a name that you normally get to hear but I think we've all remarked on how fantastic the audio is in this game and just how immersive and yeah how brilliant it is in the way it sucks you into the game in a way that you 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 kind of don't even realize it you you know you don't pay a lot of attention to the to the music and sound that goes on in the game it just seems yeah, it just seems seamless, basically. Talking to Jim that night, it was clear how passionate he is about the work that they do there. And it's funny considering how passionate he is about the fact that he doesn't want you to notice it in any sort of standout way. He wants the music, he wants the sound effects to just uh, build into your immersion and be part of that world in such a way that you almost, you don't realise it. If you don't realise it, then they've achieved their goal, which seemed quite strange. But again, it, he was so passionate about what they were doing. It, it came across really well in the interview. So yeah, it was, it was just, it was brilliant. It was absolutely, it was a great night. And as I say, Jim Croft for me, standout interview. Lisa, what about you? So it's a twofold one, really. I very much enjoyed the interview that you and I did at EGX in London with uh, David Braben. That was quite nice. You know, we got some sit down time and FaceTime with him, which was very generous of him at a very busy show. Uh, but for me personally, it was going to Frontier and interviewing Michael Brooks. It was a really nice afternoon. I got to chat to him and he seemed both relieved and pleased that Legacy was out there and people were reading it and enjoying it and it was finally sort of in the wild. Uh, it was a, it was an absolute joy to talk to him. Uh, I think some people appreciated the fact that we finally shone a light on why he likes collecting hats um, and the fact that he loves Lovecraft and that he's a big advocate of Drabbles and the fact that he's incredibly talented at NaNoWriMo or like National Writing Month. Uh, I'm a little bit envious of that, but he was he was an absolute joy to speak to. So that's definitely my standout interview. Brilliant, Lisa. Colin, what's been your sort of standout interview moment? Well, I think the standout interview for me was definitely the panel at Lavecom where we had uh, all the devs answering questions and explaining all about the game process that we had especially the queue of people who wanted to ask questions towards the end i thought that was quite amusing especially mr woodward going back again and again 
and again. <laughs> no, it was. It was. It was a really good event, and, and yeah, all credit to the devs for coming down to LaveCon and supporting us. I think it was quite an insightful panel, and yeah, good news is, of course, for those people that are going to LaveCon 2015, we've already had confirmation that uh, many of the devs are actually coming down to join us. So, if you want to come down and listen to the devs on a panel, LaveCon 2015 is where you want to be. John, what about your standout interview? Well, my standout interview is not really Elite-related, uh, but we mentioned it earlier, uh, and that was the interview with Julian Gollop during his Kickstarter for Chaos Reborn. Alan and I did a Skype interview with him, and just like what you were saying, you know, when you had that interview with David Braben, how, you know, it's very rare you get to meet your heroes. Well, Julian Gollop is on that same level as David Braben for me. I mean, I played Chaos for so many years that his name on that title screen when it first loaded up was just burnt into my mind. So um, it was great, first of all, that he was redoing Chaos because I, I knew it would be um, a great title to bring to the PC. But to also interview him and actually get to understand his sort of thought processes behind the, the new incarnation of it and also just to understand the history of you know his development and where he's come from, it was great. And also to be able to help as well, because, of course, when we got the, the chance to interview him, the Chaos Reborn Kickstarter was still was still going on. So obviously Live Radio got involved, brought some of the elite community to the party, as it were. And the fact that as a podcast, we're able to, since Elite, and this is no, there's no hubris to this, but since Elite and since the, the, you know, the community has sort of found its, its voice and its identity by, you know, by meeting up, by getting to know each other. The fact that then we can see some of these other very worthy projects and come to them and sort of help them in little ways where where we can. Julian obviously, you know, is is one great example of that. And we were we're thrilled to get Chaos Reborn over the line. A few of us have then offered to help in different ways. You know, I'm now working on writing for it, you know, writing a lot of the background. John's written some fiction too. We've played Chaos Reborn with Julian. Julian's coming to LaveCon. It's fantastic, you know. So it's another another opportunity and another great thing of bringing back a little bit of our our past. Brilliant stuff. Okay, well, let's hear another message, and then after that, we will come back for our top community moment. Just before we go on, just before we go on, Alan, we find projects that deserve, and we can help them get them over the line. I've just got two for you. Ethereum and Pulsar. <laughs> I knew I, I, when I said it the first time. I was thinking Ethereum. What a bag of shit! Um, but then I thought, you know, you know, this is about being. And you know, earlier when I said, you know, vomit-inducing pauses, I sat there and I thought, yeah, but we're being nice tonight, Alan. You're being such an ass. Stop being an ass. So start being nice. So I decided to be nice. And then what do you do? Ethereum oh, and fucking Pulsar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, they, 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 they hurt nothing hurts more than when a project completes and you kind of wish it hadn't <laughs> what about what about the Jesus. um the the ouya you know oh <laughs> don't the really that, you have to fact, go there the fact that you guys got delivered you know and, and the original prototype in the video they showed they showed a carpenter making a wooden block version <laughs> And then when you got delivered the, the Ouya and you started to play it, you actually sat there for five minutes and thought, 
I wish I'd had the wooden block version. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Ouya actually the Ouya, like? The, well, the Ouya, I sold mine now, but the Ouya turned out to be quite a decent <laughs> Xbox Media Player Center, but that, that was the only really sort of useful thing about what, it. What, what, did, what did you sell it for? Someone's dinner money? <laughs> no, I actually, I sold it for £10 less than I bought it for, so in fairness, <laughs> it wasn't too bad for me. It's funny. My brother had, had his delivered to me and refuses to take it. <laughs> you gotta wrap that up for Christmas. Wrap that shit up for Christmas. Find someone you hate. Put it under that tree. <laughs> oh. Well, well, you say this, but I mean, talking about uh, projects you probably shouldn't have backed, and this is no reflection on the project itself because I'm sure it was a great project. But I backed. I think it was on um, Jarvis's recommendation. I backed Makey Makey, which is this great sort of interface that you could use and you could create sort of joysticks out of bananas or spaghetti hoops or that sort of thing. And it was fantastic. And it stayed in the box. Uh, the moment it arrived, I looked at it and thought, that's great. And then at the first LaveCon, I gave it away. I'd love to say I gave it away as a prize for something, but I didn't. I was in the bar after we played Buckaroo and I said, look, I've got this thing. You guys are all nerds. It's a nerdy sort of thing. Does anybody want it? And I can't for the right remember who took it, but the guy who took it was thrilled. Absolutely, his eyes lit up. Anyway, let's leave that there. Let's move on. Hi, this is Julian Gollop, creator of XCOM and Chaos Reborn, wishing Lave Radio a happy 50th episode. Okay, and for our next section, we're going to highlight some top moments from Crash Landing. Obviously, it was a massive bonus to Lave Radio when he agreed to come and join the crew, but not only did he come with all of his skills and audio, but he also brought Crash Landing with him. So let's talk about some of the top moments from the Twitch stream, uh, starting with Alan. Well, I love Crash Landing. I love what John has done. I think that when he when he started to, to turn up to, to do Twitch, we were actually at university. We were looking at Twitch as part of um, how students were analyzing game culture in, in the film and television course. And then along comes John bringing Crash Landing to Elite Dangerous and demoing and showing off the gameplay and obviously accruing a huge audience straight away. And also in the middle of the alpha, I went barreling in whilst he was recording a show and blew the shit out of him. And then it was great to see the rest of his audience come barreling into the game and I blew the shit out of them as well. So that was my favourite moment with Crash Landing. Then, of course, at uh, LaveCon 2014, John kindly agreed to come and demo Elite Dangerous, you know, and, and show it off. And I got to sit with him and talk through it and see how how he actually manages to fly and talk sense at the same time, which is really hard because I can't do it. For that, I was privileged enough to be a guest on the show for, for one of the episodes. And I think we're going to see more of that. We really want to try and support John more. We have said this before because he's been incredibly gracious and, 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 and generous with his time in terms of helping us. But we want to be helping him. So, you know, more power to Karash Landing. And uh, let's hope that, um, that it long continues for another, another 100 episodes. John, would that, be, would that be good? Oh, we give it a go. We give it a go. Definitely. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Gran, what about you? Yeah, well, I've obviously have been God voice and crash landing a couple of times. And whenever I'm on, we have an absolute blast. <laughs> My favorite outstanding moment from crash landing was when Shorty was on. And it became very clear that not only was she quite new to the Elite Dangerous game, but and impressed by what she was seeing, but that big meanie John, her big brother, had not gotten her a copy yet and that we thought that was disgusting as a community watching the show so 
I think John made a flippant comment about, you know, people, uh, if they wanted to donate, would put it towards picking up a, a, a copy of Elite Dangerous for her. And, well, goodness gracious me, did the Elite community not do what it always does and give ridiculously generously enough to not only get her the copy of Elite, but a proper flight stick proper hot ass system to go with it as well and i thought it was just one of these things that really typifies what the elite community is like just so generous yeah i have to say the uh the community that john's built up around crash landing is absolutely uh it is amazing it really is um i mean john you've been running it since alpha one what's yeah what's been your standout moments for the from the project so far Oh, it it would be really hard for me to pick one individual moment. I mean, as Grant was just saying there, the, the overwhelming support and encouragement I've had from everyone in the community has just been phenomenal. I, I didn't expect it at all. And that, that was the thought, you know, I thought, yeah, we get through the alpha, we get through the beta. People probably won't want to see any more then. They'll all have access to the game. But everyone's like, no, keep doing it, keep doing it. We love it. And I was like, I'm glad to, you know, if, if, if you want me to, I'll carry on doing it. And, you know, I... I just think it's great. I'm blown away with the support that everyone's given. I'm really, really grateful of it. And, you know, I don't, I don't feel I do enough. I want to keep doing more. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad to keep doing it as long as I can. Well, I mean, you're, you know, you can see already, I mean, from the stuff that you've been even as, yeah, the stuff that you've been doing tonight, even, uh, that the, the Twitch stream is alive and kicking and there's always things happening. Uh, and there's always stuff uh, within the community that the, uh, the Twitch streamers are growing, aren't they? I mean, talk us through what you did tonight. Well, yeah, tonight we uh, we did a, an eight-way multi-Twitch stream. There was like, oh, it was just crazy. I mean, it was myself, uh, Kate Russell, uh, One Viger, Mad Dog, Fiery Toad, Dingo, Sharpshifter, and Commander Scom. We all got together. We did. We were all streaming at the same time. Got into two wings. Mostly exploded. You know, we didn't do very well tonight, but it was great fun. You know, we had a really great response from the community. Made it to the newsletter. Had some giveaways, and you know, it's, people love the kind of interaction, and that's that's what I've really enjoyed about it is just being able to share things with the community and you know and they say oh why don't you try this and you know i've learned as much from the people watching as what they have and i think that's that's great it's really good fun and uh, as we mentioned earlier on in the show as well uh, next week is my 100th episode <laughs> awesome <laughs> scary stuff uh, a massive congratulations for reaching the, <laughs> uh, the 100th episode buddy and uh, we should all be there to uh, to celebrate you on drink more beer i think and uh <laughs> Yeah, I, believe it or not, I well, I I can't wait for the uh, for the next 150 or 200 episode of Crash Landing. Well done, mate. Oh, thank you. No, it's going to be great. Hi guys, it's Edward Lewis here. Just wanted to say thank you for recording 50 episodes of Lave Radio. I uh, really look forward to doing this another 50 episodes time for 100 episodes, which will be even more amazing. Um, also, just want to say a quick thank you to everybody who listens to Lave Radio and to everybody who plays the game. So yeah, thanks very much. Keep it up. And obviously that last message was quite apt as that was Edward Lewis, who is the community manager for Frontier Developments. And that leads us straight into our top community moment. Uh, starting us off on this one, let's go to Grant. Yay! Top community moments. Absolutely. So many amazing things that we've uh, all either played part in creating or been able to get behind. There's so many different things. And I kind of tried to capture it in a in a sort of 
audio fashion. So I've got a, a selection of clips of audio that kind of represents and captures all the different community things over the year. Of course, I am missing plenty for one. I didn't manage to catch any of the audio from some of the YouTubers and the Twitchers way back from the alpha stage who really fed the community and kept the interests going. So I apologise to all those that I missed, but we'll maybe touch on them when we start talking about the various different things. That's great, Grant. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to take that file of all those audio clippings and we're going to play it out at the end of the show, just to remind people of exactly what the community has been up to over the last two years. In the meantime, Alan? What we should mention is that just what a, a difference and a delight Ed Lewis has made as a community manager. There is something about Ed that basically says, and when you meet him, and we met him for the first time at uh, at the launch party, really. We'd, we'd spoken to him before, but we met him for the first time at the, the launch party. And there's something about Ed that says, I take this responsibly, I take this personally, I see just how important all this is. And he's a little bit younger than us, you know. Um, he's not He's not quite my age. He's certainly not, not, not Colin's age. Um, so anyway, so the, but the point being is that Ed, Ed as a community manager, has started to look at the things that the community wants. He's started to look at the things and the problems that Frontier have got. And he's quite, you know, very difficult at times when there's a lot to deal with. But he's quite upfront and quite honest and quite straight about the ways in which he's trying to deal with things. And I think that he has my respect um, as a person. I, I think he's cracking. I think he will, you know, I hope he will do incredibly well with Frontier and um, and I think he's a real asset to them. Ben, why don't you tell us about your standout community moment? I think one of the things that I'm probably the most proud of was the Elite Dangerous Skype Chats pizza drive that we did for one of the relatively early betas, I think it was, even not one of the late alphas. And it was comparatively small compared to some of the later ones, but it was the, it was the first one. And on about three hours' notice, we managed to raise over £100 worth of pizza, which I thought was awesome. I think um, my uh, top community moment had to be two years ago when we did the Movember campaign as a community. Just the way that everybody sort of got behind the campaign. We had uh, had Drew Wagar writing sort of episodes of the story. The The concept was basically all piled into uh, the Cobra Mark Three. We called it the Mobra. Mark three, and we set off on a on a quest around the galaxy trying to get to Waxler, and just the the way the community sort of got on board. I think we had fifty people joined. Everybody shaved off their beard. We had Michael Brooks from Frontier Development. Obviously, uh, he looks like a Viking most of the time. He shaved off his beard as the first stretch goal. I think we had to raise a thousand pounds, and then Michael Brooks agreed to shave off his beard that he'd had for crikey who knows how many years he'd had that thing but um sure enough i think we blasted through a thousand pounds in the first couple of days i think we probably should have probably should have raised the bar and made it a little bit more uh of a stretch goal but uh, everybody got on board with that one and blew through it in the first day and sure enough the following day michael brooks posted a picture completely clean shaven which came as quite a shock to a lot of people in the office and he nominated who was it, it was igor wasn't it igor one of the other frontier developers who uh, had a s- superb facial hair going on and again we blasted through that stretch goal uh and he next day turned up completely clean shaven and it was just it was the way that everybody just threw themselves into it 
there is a horrible picture on the on the Mobile Mark Three Facebook page if you can find it of all the community members that uh, decided to grow Tashes. Some successfully, uh, some Graham reads uh, not quite so successfully. I think in the end we raised, I think it was over £4,000. I think it's something like £4,674 was the total raised in the end, which was a phenomenal result. Um, but it was just, it was a lovely thing to bring the whole community together. And obviously, as the campaign went on, we, we heard more stories about people who had lost, yeah, lost relatives to, uh, yeah, to prostate cancer or various different types of cancer. And it, it was it was it was quite a bonding experience without getting too sort of Oprah Winfrey on the show. Uh, it was it was just something that sort of brought the community together. And it was a great thing to be part of and something that I was you know, exceptionally proud to be uh, to be part of. The thing I wasn't exceptionally proud of yet, we probably should be in terms of it being car crash video. And that is the uh, leaving on a space plane Movember video we did at the end. Uh, that's on YouTube. Look it up if you really want to cringe. Uh, it's always good for a giggle. So, yeah, I think that's my standout community moment. Although, I have to say, followed shortly after by the LaveCon 2013. Obviously, LaveCon 2015 is going to be our third event, but the first LaveCon, as Alan's already alluded to in the show, it was literally just supposed to be Jarvis, John, Alan and myself meeting up in a hotel to have a few beers and transfer a hard drive full of sounds that we were going to use on the show. And after just sort of putting it out there that we're all going to meet up, the amount of people that said, actually, we wouldn't mind coming down, having a beer with you and meeting up with you. We'd like the show. It would be it would be nice to meet you. And the whole thing just snowballed into this far bigger event than I think any of us were really prepared for that ended up with us bringing, obviously, all the sound system down, getting posters printed up. Uh, Kate Russell from BBC's Click TV came. It all snowballed into being a much, much bigger event than we anticipated. Frontier Developments came down within the face of Michael Brooks, again, supporting the community fantastically. He spent some time, obviously, signing the concept arts and talking about Frontier's direction for the game over the next year. And it was it was something to be really proud of. I mean, people came down and everybody went away uh, having had a fantastic event, apart from maybe Graham Reed's and his Buckaroo incident. But uh, everybody had a fantastic evening of entertainment and information. And it was just really nice to meet up with so many sort of like-minded individuals. And it paved the way for Elite Meet, which was also great uh, the same year. And uh, obviously, LaveCon 2014, which was you know, phenomenal last year. So certainly that was uh, that's my uh, top community moment. Uh, Grant, what's your top community moment? Yeah, well, one of the things because obviously you know I wasn't always a, a member of the crew for Live Radio, and I can still remember listening to the first episode and thinking, "Wow, this is really amazing to have people that are talking about this game and listening to that radio and getting so inspired and wanting to get involved and it's spurring me on to create my own." bizarre podcasts and my own content and we had the all the different photo manipulation threads and oh crikey all the stuff that just was sparked by the community feeling that live radio gave me personally and now being you know it's, it's amazing that when you look back and think of all the different shows that we have created from writers interviews to the conclave retrolave the sort of emergency broadcasts interviews and then the main podcast as well the amount of content that live radio has produced is, is staggering and the quality of it again being held high so i'm going to blow the trumpet for the live radio team because you four started something and look where it is now not only 
is it what you were dreading was going to happen was that you would find this to be a job and it to be difficult. But now not only has it become fun enough for four, it's become fun enough for nine. Because there's now nine of us and we're all still passionately creating content and getting hot on topics that wind us up and getting passionate about the things that excite us about the game and just keep going and it's spurring on. And the the wonderful thing about all of that is all the Kickstarters that we've helped fund and promoted, all the authors' Kickstarters that we've promoted and have gone over the lines, and now we've got the books and we've promoted the books. And then you've got Chris Jarvis, who through all this has realised a dream of creating professionally audiobooks and not only doing it well but doing it better than the stuff you would buy in the shops and i'm not exaggerating there i think the stuff is fantastic and you've got alan who's producing the soundtrack for it that absolutely sets it off the amount of creativity the amount of dreams that have come true because people were willing to take a risk and put themselves out there during this project that's the top community <laughs> content. Have I gone off and on again? No, not at all, Grant. I mean, it wouldn't be a show with you on it unless you were gushing about something. But it's just quite nice that you're gushing about us for a change. That, uh, yeah, thank you very much indeed, mate. It, uh, it's, it has been uh, a phenomenal sort of two years. I'm going to stop saying phenomenal now. I'm going to say something else. Uh, it has been an amazing two-year journey. No, um, not that again. You can't <laughs> say that again. <laughs> It has been uh, an absolutely superb two years, and again, we've met some we've met some great people uh, along the way. But John, your uh, your journey's been slightly different. I should imagine your standout community moment should probably involve your uh, your ambassadorship. Oh, it, it, I still sometimes I just sit back and I just can't believe that it ever happened. I mean, you know, the first time I got the message from Frontier. And they just kind of contacted me out of the blue and says, hey, we, you know, we love what you're doing with the streams and everything. We've got this idea of doing this kind of ambassador outreach, getting members of the community to come and help us with events and everything. I thought, oh, it sounds cool. You know, what, what do you want me to do? Like, you know, anything, you know. And, you know, they put the idea forward to me, suggested what, what might happen, uh, how the events might play out. And is there anyone else that I might think might be involved? And, I, you know, I put some names forward. Yeah, you know, these guys... They they seem cool. They 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 they'd love to try it as well, you know. And it, it just kind of snowballed from there. And that you know, that first time that I got to meet Dave and the rest of the team at, at the BAFTA event, and I was just you know like you know, it was just like that that kitty moment. It was like yes, it's like finally I get to meet them sort of thing. It was unbelievable. I never thought it would ever happen. And then when it first did, it it was just oh, I was crazy. I couldn't believe it. It was it was so amazing. And then you know all the other events that just came on from that you know there's more and more events they kept you know saying hey we've got this other event you know we've got the e3 that happened and you know all these things that i, I never thought in in my lifetime that i'd ever see and suddenly i was they were just throwing all these offers at me it was absolutely amazing i i i'm truly eternally grateful for the opportunity to do it and i just i still can't believe it ever happened <laughs> I'm. I still can't believe that you aren't divorced. If I'm honest, John. <laughs> very close. Very close. No, <laughs> no. She she's been fantastic. Uh, my wife has uh, been really, really understanding of the whole thing, and you know, she knows it, it means a, a heck of a lot to me. Uh, you know, to to grow up as a kid and like see all these things happen, and you know, want to go to it. You know, when she when she I turned around to her and I said, you know, I've got this. I've got this opportunity. They said they want me to go. T3 it's in LA and you know her, her first reaction was 
that's not fair. I want to go to LA. <laughs> but, <laughs> but after she calmed down, she was like, yeah, you, you've got to do it. It's, you know, a chance of a lifetime. You know, you, she could see that I was just like bubbling over. I really wanted to do it, you know. <laughs> and she said, yeah, just go for it. Go for it. She's been fantastic. And she's absolutely fully uh supportive of the fact you've inked elite dangerous into your body rather than the <laughs> names of your children uh after the initial shock yeah yeah she was okay with the tattoo yeah <laughs> shocking absolutely shocking okay we'll leave that there for the top community moments we'll have a quick message and then we'll come back for uh our top moment from the game so far doris are you still here human yes and i'm recording a message for lave radio oh you mean that pointless collection of biological matter that pilot the orange sidewinder? Yes, I'm sending a congratulatory message as they are recording their 50th episode. 50 episodes of sitting around spouting meaningless babble and you're congratulating them? Hmm, OK. Well, I was going to ask if you wanted to add anything to the message, but um, I'm guessing you're not a fan of their work. Actually, I am a big fan of their work. Oh? Yes. Lave Radio, thank you for making Angel Rose's life a misery by filling Slough airspace with radioactive waste canisters. Hang on, that's a good point. I'd totally forgotten about that. What am I doing sending a congratulatory message after the mess that was waiting for me when I arrived back home in Slough for Slough Bells ringing? Yet again, the human displays breathtaking levels of ignorance. Computer, delete recording. Don't worry. I will make sure the message arrives safely. Happy 50th, Lave Radio. Awesome stuff. Okay, and uh, moving on, we've got our top moment from the game so far. Now, there's uh, there's quite a few here, so let's start off with uh, Mr. Wilcott. Let us know what your favourite game moment has been. Okay, yes, my favourite moment in the game was way back in these original alpha builds. When we kind of got into the combat, that was all good, but the absolute jaw-dropping moment, if not the most frustrating moment as well, because when they introduced the space stations for the first time, that was the first time for the endless spinning orange sidewinder, because the station that we were all trying to get into wouldn't let us join the instance, and it meant that a lot of us just sat watching a spinning orange ship for up to 45 minutes. Or as long as you left it, it would go on all night if you wanted. But when you got in, and there's that first Coriolis station rotating in its magnificence in front of you, and you're, you're edging towards that slot thinking, I hope this is easier than it was in the original. Uh, and then you can see inside, and you're kind of going, oh, oh my God, I can I can see inside the station. I can see ships. I can see landing bays. <laughs> and then you kind of go through that wonderful blue section as the, as the, of the slot, and then suddenly you're just surrounded by all this hunks of metal and pads, and it's just, oh, that was it. Absolutely. I think that was the moment that kind of really, oh, God, I'm gushing again, but it really got the excitement levels up thinking that every time you're out there playing the game, at some point you're going to go have to go back and go back through that experience again. And now now you don't even notice. Now you go in so fast, like Karash, 49 seconds, and you've landed, and you're on a menu screen, and you've missed all that beauty. <laughs> you think you just take it for granted, Grant? Oh, yeah, I think we do now. I think it just doesn't, you know, nobody really notices, unless you hit an Imperial one, and then you go, wow, this really is the Apple Mac of the... Uh, Elite Dangerous World. <laughs> I think, Ben, didn't you have something similar for your uh, your best experience in the game? 
Yeah, I think my I've got a couple, but I think my first one would be when we finally got into I guess Gamma technically, and we had the new launcher and we had the oh the logos on screen for the first time, and then just pressing the play button, going into open play, and you're just sitting there, and it's just even though we'd done it all hundreds of times before, it was like this is new, this is this is for real now, and it's finally here, and I just don't think that could actually be beaten. No, absolutely, Ben. I completely agree. It's uh, it is it's amazing, uh, Mr. Jarvis. What's your best moment so far? Yeah, I think um, I'm not totally sure when it was. I can't remember if it was after release or during beta or what. But I'm quite into obviously, you know, fiction in games. And for me, the exciting moment was when I came away with my first story of something that had happened to me playing the game. And again, a bit like, you know, a bit like it's been said, it's something that actually sort of happens quite a lot. And so, you know, maybe it doesn't stand out. But I remember um, coming out of Super Cruise and being into, uh, trying to remember exactly what I did. I think I was trying to evade interdiction near a star. And I obviously got dropped out of um, Super Cruise because I was too close to the to, to the mass. And everything was, you know, everything was burning, everything was overheating. And I had to figure out, because I hadn't read anything about it or had any experience of it, I had to work out how to get my ship cool enough to go back to Super Cruise without just burning up again. So I had this kind of tense moment in the cockpit where I was going through the sort of components on the ship, working out what I could switch off and still keep flying. And I managed to get my heat low enough that I felt I could... Uh, go to super cruise safely and then sort of limped back to the station and that was it that moment there was no interaction with another player there was no money made there was no combat rating going up but it was just a moment in the game that for me was a bit of personal a bit of personal plot and a bit of personal story and i like any kind of game that gives you what feel like these kind of unique and emergent moments of storytelling you know that was it for me not the actual thing that happened but just just realizing that this game had got to the point where it was capable of giving you these kind of personal stories. It was the point when we got Alpha released, when it first released, and we were working for Mistopolis Mining. And of course, I wrote the background for Mistopolis Mining. So, yeah, to see that just come out and to see that you're working for Mistopolis Mining and something that you've written, that you've contributed to what's going on, you know, gives you like a, a really warm glow about you know about the way in which we were going to produce everything now i didn't i didn't i didn't originate mistopolis mining mistopolis mining is a company from frontier first encounters but you know it was something that i then took out of the frontier journal information and expanded the background for the company sort of set it so that frontier could use it and then lo and behold it turns up in alpha one I remember that episode. You were exceptionally proud of your achievement on that, weren't you? you were, it was, I think, the first time you saw a bit of your own sort of work actually you know, in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there have been a few times like that, you know, when, when certain certain names and things are bandied about. It's been a few times since then, but that that was the first moment. And and I'm not being, you know, I'm not trying to be sort of crowing about it in terms of... Yeah, I was very, very fortunate to have the opportunity to work as I worked on those things. But you know, just seeing that and then seeing other people making things based on stuff that you've done, it's just absolutely humbling. Absolutely humbling because it's just so cool. No, completely agree with that. 
Mr. Virgo, what's been your standout moment from the game so far? I, I think absolutely, without a doubt, it has to be the Galaxy map. And more specifically, the first time we got to play with it and scroll out. I mean, up until that point, we had the alphas, we had the, the game loop, as Michael described it. We, we could go from various de- different destinations, go to the docking ports and things like that. But the very first time that we could go into that Galaxy map, scroll out, and you got that absolutely mind boggling scale of the universe it finally kind of cemented the idea in my head it's like oh holy hell it's like the, the guys have done it they, they've managed to recreate the milky way it's like this is unbelievable and you know it was it was it just made me grin from ear to ear and it, i still love showing it to people for the first time every time i've demoed it to someone and i've let them see the galaxy map and they sit back in their chair and like damn you know <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> awesome it's my favorite part um on a different note because I, I wouldn't say it's even been in game well we've sort of seen it in game it, it's coming slightly um the big moment for the game so far for me was actually maybe not even in the game uh it was the damocles video um which for me just you know that was the jaw-dropping moment for me in terms of the game development i know it was very early on um but it's it paved the way of what uh, what frontier were planning for the game and you know, now that we've had Wings recently introduced, you can really see how the, the Damocles video could exist within the game as we've got it at the moment. Uh, and obviously the game's going to get added on and added on, but um, just the sense of the story working into uh, just the normal gameplay elements, uh, just I was told it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and I just can't wait till we see more of those capital ships that we can take down with our Wings. Um, ben? So one of my favorite bits actually going all the way back to Alpha was that Colin, Commander Phoenix to fire here, and Beast and I went off hunting in the asteroid belt in LP-98-132. And we were doing some legitimate testing, which I can't for the life of me remember what it was we were doing, but there was something that needed to be checked and needed to see how it all worked out in a multiplayer environment. But the grief that we got on the forums, and I remember people saying stuff like, yeah, I used to see these commanders, and they were nice Care Bear commanders, and you know they came up and killed me in this in this anarchy zone in these asteroids in LP ninety eight, and they seemed genuinely upset by it. Which I, it's like you're in an anarchy zone, guys. What are you thinking of? Anything happens here? Who cares? <laughs> yes, I remember the same night. Actually, it was a, a bit of standout moment for me as well as. I was being chased down in one of my first PvP experiences by our very own Phoenix Defier, Mr. Colin Ford, and I was taking evasive action in the same asteroid field, and I was boosting away and boosting away, and I wasn't looking where I was going, and I boosted straight into an asteroid. So Colin didn't have to kill me. The scenery killed me instead. So, yes, I can happily say that I'm a slightly better pilot now uh, than in my alpha days, but, uh, yes, Colin never lets me forget the fact that he didn't need to shoot me because the asteroid did all the hard work for him. Anyway, I think that probably the, the least said about that, the better. Let's uh, have another message, and we'll come back for some of our top newsletter reveals. Hi, this is Michael Brooks. Congratulations to everyone at Live Radio for your 50th episode. Good going, guys and gals. Hello, it's Adam Woods here. Just want to say a massive congratulations to all you beautiful Lave Radio people on your 50th recording. Well done. Mike Evans here, congrats on episode 50. Well done, guys. Keep it up. Hi, Andrew Barlow. Well done, episode 50. Good work, guys. Congratulations. 
Awesome stuff. And the uh, the newsletter has been running almost as long as Lave Radio has been running. So it's been our stalwart companion all the way through the development times, uh, giving us stuff to talk about and uh, giving us lots of shit porn throughout the weeks. But what we're going to do is going to focus on some of the uh, some of the highlight moments, some of the, you know, the positive moments, some of the not so positive moments we've had in the development cycle that's been brought to us by that wonderful uh, drop of joy on a Friday the Elite Dangerous newsletter. So, uh, Mr. Jarvis, why don't you start us off with your top reveal? Uh, yeah, well, so, sorry, that, that's a bit of a cheery intro. I have to start with a, you know, with a bit of a downer on this. I think really the most significant thing to come out of the newsletters was the the revelation that offline mode was going to be dropped from the game. Um, not because of how significant it was in the newsletter, because actually it was almost a bit of a throwaway comment. There was a sort of section about development news and partway down it, they sort of said, oh, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, along the way, we're going to have to drop the offline mode. It's just not going to be technically possible. Now, if you think about the impact that had on the whole launch window of the game, I mean, this newsletter went out something like two weeks before the launch party. um, And it kind of coloured everything. It coloured everything from that point in the community and in the forums uh, and it divided people i mean you know there are people who probably you know have fallen out over it because they they found themselves in two different camps and it just it really impacted i mean that the decision itself obviously really impacted on on the whole launch of the game and the whole feeling of it of it coming out but but yeah just just that it was that it was just kind of in there as a, as almost a sort of, it wasn't quite a throwaway comment because they did acknowledge that it was a shame they were going to have to drop it. But I think the way it was done realized they didn't, they didn't understand the impact that it was going to have on the game and on the community and on, you know, and we've still got the legacy of it now. I mean, you get a review for elite dangerous goes up. There's groups of people that just take it onto themselves to kind of go and put in the comments and go and complain about the game. And and even though there are always kind of haters and complainers on the internet, there is a particular, I think, a feeling, I think the point at which the goodwill for this game disappeared for a certain group of people was around that newsletter. And I think it's not a good moment in the newsletter's history. It's certainly not my favourite, but I think it is probably the most significant maybe not the most positive thing to come out of a newsletter, but certainly in the the history of the development cycle, certainly one of the most revealing things that have come out of a newsletter, even though it probably wasn't uh, intended that way. Uh, Mr. Virgo, tell us about your favourite standout moment from the newsletters. It's got to be the the most recent thing, really, I think. Well, I mean, they were kind of alluding to Wings and the the 1.2 update for a long time in the newsletters. They kept it close to their chest. But for me, that, that was the one thing that... I knew it was going to be big. Co-op I'd been bashing on about for for months and months about how much it would significantly change how you thought about the game. And when I first saw them put it in there, I was like, yes, they really are thinking about it. That got me really pumped up because I was really looking forward to how that was going to change how everyone would, uh, you know, interact in the game, the various things they would do with missions and things like that. And I think it's really kind of given a real positive uptick to the, to the game since that. I haven't heard anyone complain about anything in Wings. Everyone's talked about how much it's improved the game for them. So that was really exciting to see them announce that. Well, if you think about it, Karash, the... Wings 1.2 update has almost been alluded to all the way since Damocles. You, know, you think about it, the whole I bring friends thing, that is completely what Wings is. 
<laughs> I, I know, I know. And I, I like, I, I knew some of these things were on the cards. I knew they were thinking about it. They had it in the back of their mind. And, you know, like when they asked me to do that at the premiere event and, you know, use that, that, that line, you know, I bring friends, that, that was absolutely awesome. And mm-hmm. I, I knew it was something they, they really wanted to do. And maybe, yeah, they weren't ready really at release to do that. So I'm glad they kind of got it up to scratch later on and managed to get it, you know, to the, to the, level of polish that they've put into the game now and i'm really really happy with how it's changed the feel of the game and i have to admit i agree with you that it's it's nice to see the community getting positive about a release again yeah absolutely i mean you know we've had some ups and downs with it definitely but this is definitely an uptick in the right direction and it's just it's just nice to see that every single aspect of the game is, has been improved by Wings. It's not just a, oh, you know, it's a combat orientated thing, you know, trade, exploration, everything has completely changed, you know, and it's it's just for the better. It's cooperative. It's really nice to see people working together rather than just hating each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say at the, uh, the launch party, it was quite unexpected to see you role-playing the, the Damocles video live there on stage. It was uh, certainly one of the most unexpected moments of the launch party. But after this quick message, we're going to come back and we're going to go and talk about our most unexpected moments from the past two years. Hi, this is Sarah Newbold. You might recognize my voice if you've ever been misbehaving around a starport. And just wanted to say congratulations on getting to episode 50. Well done, guys. Hello, it's Sandy Samarco. Uh, congratulations on reaching episode 50 of Lay Radio. Excellent. So, um, moving on to one of our... Moving into sort of the final few topics that we wanted to cover on this show were most unexpected moments that we've had on Lay Radio over the last two years. Um, Grant, what would you say has been some of the most... Um, surprising things that's come out of this development journey that we've been on yeah the thing that strikes me is the most the thing i did not expect to see was how vermintly and quickly the forums changed from this place of really welcoming community and suddenly it became sour and then it became quite volatile and and damn downright unpleasant at some point with some pretty serious um flaming going on and and then it it seemed to grow and then it has its own websites so offline places where they're really sticking the boot in against the moderation team against the developers for anything and everything and the problem is of course once you've got a toxic part of a community like that that's either wronged rightly or wrongly whether or not they are genuinely kicking back at something that they feel that passionately about that they feel that wronged that justifies their behavior it still was a shock for me to see how quickly our lovely little community blew up and fell apart and it's still now in considerable amounts of pieces but i look at it in a way that, you know, maybe it's time for us to start pushing the positive again and start trying to hook more people in. Because for all these people that are out there who are unhappy, they're all part of the community and they all were part of the community and they should still feel part of this elite universe because it's not just about the game. And the things that the Elite Meet and Fantasticon and LaveCon and all these various different group meetings show us is that we're all pretty decent people and we don't have to agree in everything. <laughs> No, absolutely, Grant. I couldn't agree with that sentiment more. Uh, ben, I think you've got something to say about community. It's possible. I was going to say it's coming on about community as well. It's like I'm really surprised how positive and awesome the Reddit community is for Elite Dangerous. You know, Reddit is usually quite 
negative. It can be very bitchy, if I can say that. It's not 4chan, but it can still be very harsh and critical. Yet the Elite Dangerous community is really, really nice and really friendly. Worth saying on the matter of Reddit as well is that originally when uh, we had the, the, you know, the Kickstarter and the other bits and pieces going on, there were some attempts by the you know by the elite dangerous community to highlight the fact that you know the frontier were raising money to try and produce the game and everything else using reddit and actually we got a fairly bad response on reddit to start with but of course reddit is a really big and and diffuse place so the dedicated reddit areas that are specifically about elite dangerous have always been pretty good and now have started to become a very vibrant community area which is really really nice to see yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Lisa, what's been your most unexpected moment over the last two years? Honestly, joining you lot. <laughs> <laughs> so let me qualify that a little bit. I agreed to cover LaveCon last year as uh, press, essentially, uh, for, for my blog, come and write about Elite Dangerous and the community behind it. And uh, obviously, I already knew Alan and it, it so, I sort of got swept away in things somehow with all the enthusiasm and love for the game and ended up playing Elite Dangerous on one of the weekend codes. Uh, Stabler convinced me to buy an Eagle, which was the worst purchase ever. And <laughs> I loved it. And it was great fun. And it was su- such a wonderful group of people to talk to who were all passionate about the game who had kickstarted it, some hadn't kickstarted it, talking to the devs as well, who I'd never met before and I'd only just found about out about their game. And yeah, I completely got caught up in it and it was wonderful. And then after a while, you guys for some reason invited me to come do this and I haven't looked back since and it was wonderful and unexpected and yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, and I can definitely say uh, we haven't looked back either. It's been a great, uh, you've been a great addition to the team, and long may you continue broadcasting on Lay Radio. Uh, Alan? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Lisa coming on board, and also with Ben, with Grant, with John, with Colin. With Grant, we had, Grant had been on a few times and been a guest and sort of subbed for us a little bit when one of us couldn't make it. Uh, But then actually formalizing the crew, making sure that all nine of us were on board, it really has helped us be able to to manage the regular show. It's helped us be able to, to, you know, to sort of look at other shows and other little incidental things uh, with the people that have helped with Retrolave, with the other bits and pieces that we've done. It's really been a community based show that has tried to embrace and help and support community-based projects and for me specifically by taking that whole attitude and I, you know i make things i make things all the time i'm i'm always doing stuff but by taking that whole attitude feeling that wave positivity coming from everybody coming to to new people finding new people meeting them in different places uh, getting to know them, realizing you share a load of stuff, and then having the opportunity for some of my creative work to go to completely different people and for them to enjoy it and to say how much they like it, that's a really, really powerful thing. And I, I come across as, as the most confident guy in the world, but sometimes you know, I'm hypercritical about everything that I make. And to, to have people say, that's really good. 
you know, we really like this. We love the stuff you're doing. When Foz collates all of the iTunes reviews, the other bits and pieces, every comment we get, every little email, every uh, message of support, it just encourages you. It encourages you to do more and it encourages you to be better. Brilliant. Thanks for that, Alan. I think what we'll do is we'll go straight into another message and then come back for our final segment, which is the top things to come out of this fantastic Elite Dangerous community. Senator? Yes? I've prepared your commemorative speech for you, sir. Yes? The one for the illustrious radio transmission service, sir. They're celebrating their 50th broadcast, don't you know? Yes. If you could perhaps just read it out, sir? Must it be done now? I'm reading this rather interesting novel. Really, sir? Oh, yes. Uh, Fifty Slaves of Grey. Quite eclectic, sir. Some good motivational techniques in here, you know. This bit with the pulse lasers rammed right up. Indeed, sir. Sir, the, uh, the speech? Oh, very well. Give it here. Here you go, sir. <laughs> Prestigious radio broadcast. Some of the best presenters in the galaxy. Incisive interviews on the topics of the day. <laughs> Most auspicious service for the citizens of the galaxy. Oh, yes, very good, like that. Yeah. <coughs> Top flight investigative journalism. What's this? Sir? All broadcast on a secure frequency and independent space from the cockpit of an orange sidewinder? That's how it's transmitted, sir. I checked. You think our foremost imperial radio station broadcasts in independent space from the cockpit of a Fluxstain Federation rust bucket? Uh, no, sir. I thought you knew this This is for Lave Radio. It's the best show this side of Dizzo. Uh, Dezo. Uh, Dizzo, I think. Lave Radio? You festering fool. I told you to write a speech for our new imperial propaganda station. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, our new radio station designed to carry the truthful outpourings of the Emperor's benign will in order to free the citizens of the galaxy from federal lies. Uh, which radio station is that, sir? Why, Slave Radio. It's the best by far. This side of Bacadar. Oh, very good, sir. Do you like that? I just made it up. Oh, absolutely, sir. What should I do with the lave radio speech, sir? Well, delete it, man. Those goids on lave radio ever get the idea they've got some kind of influence over space, we'll never hear the end of it. Fifty broadcasts? How do they know? Can't even count past five. One of them's Welsh for randomia six. Get rid of it immediately. Yes, sir. Uh, By your leave, sir. Yes, yes. Get on with it. Oh, by the way. Yes, sir. See this mug? Yes, sir. Catch. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much to Senator Wegar for that illustrious message. Um, 
the final section before we wrap this uh, this show up is the top things to come out of the Elite Dangerous community. Okay, so starting us off with this one, Mr. Wolcott, you have your fingers in so many community pies, uh, it's unreal. So why don't you take us on a whirlwind tour of your top things to come out of the community? Yes, Fozzer. I, I just through the process of going back and having a look at all the amazing things that have happened and all the amazing events and oh projects and creations, it was a, sort of one of these alarming uh, moments when you realise you're responsible for so many different things and yet you haven't been paid for any of them. <laughs> you kind of think I've wasted an awful lot of time, but the payoff. It's the amazing it's the amount of people that we've met. So you've got things like, oh, crikey, we've had all the Twitch streams at the beginning as well for Alpha. People who didn't have the Alpha access were glued to them. And I think that's originally where your crash landing kicked off, isn't it, John? Yeah, yeah. I was, it was just something nice that I wanted to do. I wanted to keep people talking about things leading up to the Alpha and everything. And, uh, you know, th- there was that kind of lull between the announcement of, you know, hey, We've got everything together. We're getting it ready to go. The alpha should be out soon. And it was just nothing for a while. It was really quiet and everyone was getting a little bit impatient. So I just thought, I've got to do something. And that's where the idea came from. One crazy Saturday afternoon. It's just it's amazing how people just stepped up and decided to do things. I mean, we've seen the videos of people who are making board games. We had all the Kickstarters and the authors, and they created all these wonderful books that we're now enjoying. And now we have more Kickstarters for audiobook versions of it, and that all generated from this amazing community. The Movember campaign, that was just so much fun and crazy <laughs> and itchy. And then, of course, we get to the things I was more involved in, like the Thargoid and Ferdinand thread, which is something I stumbled across. And that kind of created and painted the whole, my experience of the Elite Dangerous world, which was yeah, you know, just the the, the humour and, and the wonderful thing about the Thargoid and Ferdinand thread was that you would go in and start a wee story and someone else would go in and try and maybe take it in a different direction and then you'd have to try and come back and maybe go with it a bit further and just see where it ended up. And we had the most ridiculous adventures in there that was great fun. And that then in turn spurned us to try and create more of an audio, to try and share the fun that we were having with other people. And we spawned the BS News uh, desk with myself and Mr. Simon Winnard, and we kept that going for a while. We did a couple of live readings. At, I think the biggest one was uh, Elite Meet, or the original one, what, two years ago? where Darren Gray was scarlet and bent over double and couldn't breathe with laughing. And it was just, that's the things that will always stay in my memory from the community is how much fun we have had. And of course, the BS News leads on to Dockers and everybody knows the phrase mug. (laughs) It's just just bizarre. And yeah, I just feel utterly honoured to have been able to play a, a part in it. The Abracadrabbles, which we've had going for almost two years now it's coming up for its 100th episode as well it's just it keeps going and the enthusiasm for it gets stronger and i think now with the negativity in the forums i feel it's just time to start ramming this stuff down people's throats so they can have a taste of that addictive fun that we've all experienced over the years and sharing it and get them hooked in the wonderful community that is around this game because the game is the small part in the middle we're the awesome partner in the sites. We've made great friends too, haven't we? I mean, you know, just 
not not just the nine of us here, but also with with everyone else that um, that you meet up with, that you can share some of this, you know, some of this with. It's 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 fantastic that you know that that there's all these people all over the country that are really enjoying the computer game that you used to play in the 1980s as well, and and that you know and that they care and they're passionate about creative work. They're passionate about what you're you're trying to do. You know, and they they care, and that's that's just lovely. And then, of course, there's the the graphical creative sides, like the people like Mobius, who then have gone on to create one of the biggest groups, if not the biggest group in the elite game, the um, Mobius Care Bear Group. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering where you were going. The group started off as a very much a a PVE environment for people who were uh, a bit worried about playing with the nut jobs out there in open play. But it's actually developed into something really positive. And with 6,000 members, I believe he's got now, it's taken on its own life and it has become this kind of unofficial uh, solo group (laughs) which everyone just joins. And I I have been in there. And there is something to be said about when you arrive in a section and you see loads of different player commanders, to be able to send a message and just say hello and get a hello back. It is a very social group. However, saying that, I get the same experience in open play too. I get exactly the same. I mean, I don't think I've actually had a single negative experience in open play. You know, I'm just, even if I was trading away on my type 6 or something like that, I usually, I'll, if I see another human being, I say hi, and either I get ignored because the person's not paying any attention to the comm screen, or I usually get a hi back and people asking about trade routes and, you know, just sharing information and then say happy trading and, and then we go off our separate ways again. I have to be a little bit pessimistic there. So I've, I've had a mixed bag. I mean, it's overall, majority has been really, really good. But um, I have had some of the negative sides. So I can see the, the, the utility of people wanting to kind of sit themselves away as well. Um, you know, overall, I, I, I kind of send out a message. I usually get the friendly responses back. Most of them who do spot me out there and they just want to take a jab at me and say, oh, it's him. Yeah, okay. So it's my own fault. So I'll let them off. I get blown up all the time. I'm quite happy with it. Anonymous people drop me out of hyperspace, kick the shit out of me, or I kick the shit out of them. I'm entirely happy with that. But I think that you know some of the amazing things to come out of the community are the people that have been able to realise dreams with Chris Jarvis and his audiobook studio and being able to produce amazing audiobooks. We've got Alan in your you know your upcoming musical tour of Europe. If you've not got one booked, you should have, because your music is amazing. Oh, and I hate people. You. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I can't stand doing—that would be one of my lowlights of uh, of the whole thing—and it, it's just you know, it was it was a really great idea, and it kind of didn't work for us. Was was trying to perform live at LiveCon 2013 because uh, the one thing I don't like doing is performing music live. I'm really, really, really nervous. So yeah, no, it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the idea of a tour of Europe that's probably the it's probably my definition of hell. <laughs> I'm gonna chime in there and say obviously with that first Labecon performance, knowing that you don't like performing in front of an audience like that, to then hamper yourself playing your uh, playing your keyboard by doing it as part of a laser light show and turning all the lights down as far as you possibly can. <laughs> so you were practically playing that keyboard in the dark, I thought was just priceless. Yeah, yeah, Destination Docklands all over again. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Superb. 
Okay, anybody else got anything that they want to highlight as coming out of the uh, community before we wrap this special edition 50th episode up? It's great to see more radio stations. You know, it's great to see other radio stations. Great to see Radio Sidewinder. Great to see some of the others out there. They they do different things to us. You know, they perhaps look at different music. They perhaps look at different different content. And it's great to see some of these new groups that Foz is discovering through Conclave as well. So we're seeing all sorts of of different people get attracted to Elite Dangerous and get attracted to to this wonderful community. And it, it it's it's going to be exciting to find out who those people are too, and find out what their you know their imaginations are like, what their creativity is going to bring to this because it's it's amazing, you know, and it'd be lovely to to explore that and to find out more about what they're they're going to bring to the table. I would like to add a, a final positive and slightly obsessive point on my part i don't know if it's one word or two words it's probably one word which is pizza olis for those not in the know uh all of the the pizza donations over the development period finally culminated in in what is probably the most beautiful thing i have ever seen on the internet ever is that between the producers adam woods eddie simmons and michael brooks they created a Coriolis station made out of Domino pizza boxes took a piece of pizza so you know wedge <laughs> wedge shaped pizza slice shape which is probably similar to some of the ships if you think about in in the original Elite and uh, filmed a video of a pizza slice docking with the Coriolis station uh, and I know I've mentioned it in several of our episodes so far but that is I know it's I know it's the devs but I think it gave so much back to the community that it's definitely worth mentioning. So yeah, pizza list for life. Perfect. I think that's a great point to end on. Okay, well, that's it for this special edition 50th episode of Lay Radio. Thank you to everybody that sent in messages. Thank you to everybody that sent in messages of support on iTunes or on the forums or on our emails over the last two years. And of course, thank you all for continuing to download and listen to the show. We really do appreciate it. Thank you from myself, second technician, Fuzzle Forrester, and from all the crew, Alan, Lisa, John, Chris, Grant, Ben, Colin, and John. Until next time, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? Is that like some orange inserted?
No worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds. I'll be right back. Welcome, everybody, to the first video. Now we're in full development of Elite after the Kickstarter. Um, a great, huge thanks to everyone who's already on the campaign. It's fantastic to be here. Um, and I don't think that's going to change throughout the game. We're enthusiastically planning now, working out all the different aspects. Coming to you live from the Duxford Imperial War Museum. Now look at all these fans that have gathered. Make some noise! Well, we're just putting the finishing touches on it, ready for the release on the 16th of December. So it's very exciting times for us. Nice. So for those that are uninitiated to this, what exactly is Elite Dangerous all about? Well, you're given a small ship, a small amount of money, and then you can do what you like. Mm -hmm. You can be a pirate, a merchant, a mercenary or whatever, even an assassin. And this is Welcome to the Kickstarter campaign for Elite Encounters. My goal here is to create a role-playing game based on the upcoming computer game Elite Dangerous, which was itself the subject of a Kickstarter campaign over the Christmas period. Hello, and welcome to the Kickstarter for Elite Lave Revolution, an exciting new fiction project in the Frontier Books. Elite Universe. You read them, you imagine them, you live them. And now, you can hear them. I'm Juan Viger, you can call me James, and welcome to Speed Story. cities. Now, just a very quick update today, and this is to show off the... Patrons, citizens, and slaves of our great and glorious empire in his... Hello, commanders. As you all know by now, we have reached £34,000. We have hit our target, and we are there. So everyone, let the celebrations begin! Thank you very much! Woohoo! Hi, my name's John Harper, and I'm here to talk about And Hear the Wheel. I just wanted to briefly talk about the political landscape. Citizens, Commander Kate Russell here from Mostly Harmless Headquarters, checking in with a video update to allay any suspicions that um, I'm not actually me. Um, I'm afraid, though, I'm not going to treat you to the onesie. Go, um, nine, eight, eight, seven, six, five, four,
Good evening and welcome to tonight's episode of Abracadrabble, the weekly Elite Dangerous themed Drabble competition run every week for goodness knows coming up for, no it is in fact our 80th episode tonight, our 80th week of running these and boy are we got an absolute stinker for you this week. Good evening and welcome to BS News. I'm Teddy Ride. Well, I'm Andy Burger. Barnard Star. Alomas, Red Dwarf Star, six light years from Sol. Industrious, at home to over 10 million people. Previously on Dockers. Achtung! Sir, he won't confess. I have tried everything. Well, well, well. Come on to Crash. I don't believe we've met before, have we? Well, greetings, Commander. Now, I would like you to tell me why I have a panther clipper, a cobra, and the entire contents of my anus lying destroyed in the dock. Slave. Get me a slave. Oh, and my portable catapult. Fire! Schnell, they are firing back. Michelle, increase the firing rate. Hand me three mugs a second. Yes. Mug, 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 mug. in the sky, humanity expands and thrives as it pushes back the boundaries of the universe. From the luxury of the core systems to the harsh worlds of the frontier, men still fight. Some fight for survival or greed, some fight for a flag and others for retribution. But across the lonely darkness they all share one aim, to be elite. Welcome to Schneider Orbiter. Are you receiving me today, sir? Oh, I hear you, OTC. Thank goodness something is still working on this bucket of bolts. How may I serve you today, sir? I'd like to request docking clearance, please, OTC. Merlin-class fighter. Registration. What do you want, kid? I told you it's May. I thought, since your ship was all working again, and you looked like you might be about to leave, you might reconsider taking me with you. I don't take passengers. You're taking them? Those are robots. Much less trouble than people. Now I've got you. One down, one to go. Alert. Escape pod alarm. 
commander requires rescue. Somebody else's problem. Incoming communication. Escape Velocity, an elite dangerous audio adventure serial written and produced by Christopher Jarvis. Series 2, Episode 1, Trading Run. Welcome to Lave Radio, Senator Drew Wager. And welcome to you, Commander Fozzer. I hope welcome back to the Orange Sidewinder, Kate Russell. Hey, thank you very much. Today I'm joined by Gideon Defoe, uh, so welcome. Hello, thank you. Thank you for asking me here. This episode, we speak to Gavin G. Smith and Stephen Deer. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, guys. And joining me this evening is one of the writers from the Tales of the Frontier book. Now, this is a collection of short stories put together by different authors. And one of the organisers, the main... Welcome to episode three of The Conclave. The Conclave is our community invite show where we ask fans of Elite to join us in discussing some of the burning topics of the development of the latest game in the franchise, Elite Dangerous. And now we shall go back and make them live once more. This is Retro Lane. Welcome to Retrolave, a journey back in time through computer gaming's finest space sims. Each week we gather together a group of gaming veterans to roll back the years and relive the glory in search of what made these games special. This week's feature is Wing Commander 1 by Chris Roberts and Origin. This week's feature is X-Wing by LucasArts. This week's feature is Conflict Free Space by Volition, published by Interplay. This week's feature takes us back to 1993, Wing Commander Privateer by Origin. This week's feature is Tacky on the Fringe by Novalogic. This week's feature is iWar by Infogram. This week's offering is LucasArts Star Wars TIE Fighter. This week's feature is Wing Commander 3 by Chris Roberts. Origin. This week's offering is Microprose XCOM Interceptor. That's right, if it's 1984, it must be the space sim to start all space sims. The original granddaddy of them all, Elite. This week's feature is Free Space 2 by Volition. Welcome to Lave Radio, the world's first official, unofficial podcast focusing on the Elite Universe and the development of Elite 4, Elite Dangerous. You're listening to Lave Radio, the hottest show this side of Diesel! 